0: Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Tony Ria. All right, well, once again, good morning. So good to have you here this morning. How are you feeling today? Okay, a little more than 25 years ago, A guy by the name of Gary Chapman introduced the world to a brand new phrase, love language. Say that. Love language. In fact, if you Google these two words, love language, you will get close to a billion hits. Billion with a B. And at the very top of the list, you will find Gary Chapman's original book, The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts. Now. When asked, seven out of 10 people or 70% of the people, they said that Gary Chapman's book was written to improve marriages. However, according to the research, the majority is seldom right. And such is the case again. Because even though Gary Chapman was a marriage counselor, the late Gary Chapman, and even though he traveled uh, around the world hosting marriage conferences and seminars, And even though his entire adult life, he was completely devoted to building and establishing uh, successful, happy, and healthy marriages, still, the Love Language book is a book about relationships. Say that. Relationships. And it encompasses all people. And now I mean all of the delicate and diplomatic terminology we use to describe the relationship status of people these days, including single, unmarried, available, unattached, bachelor, bachelorette, partnered, previously married, married at first sight, wouldn't be caught dead with a marriage license, annulled, divorced, separated, whittled and the list goes on and on. You see, it's not just for one select group of people. Love language is a universal language first communicated to us by God, our Heavenly Father. He is the author of love love language, and it's the way he created all of us, every single one of us without exception. We have been wired to love and be loved. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13 says, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And they're going to remain for all eternity. Faith, hope, and love isn't going anywhere. But the scripture says out of these three, faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. Now the scripture tells us that the righteous or the just shall live by faith. And without it, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then the scripture also tells us that hope is the very anchor of our soul. And hope deferred makes the heart sick. By God's design, faith and hope are essential life dynamics. But greater than faith, and even more essential than hope, is this thing called love. So let me say it again. Out of faith, hope, and love, they're they're going to last forever, the greatest of these is love. I'm going to ask you to say that, just to get a little feedback. The greatest of these is love. And the scripture tells us this over and over again. I mean, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. Throughout the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, and everywhere in between, especially during the gospel messages where Jesus himself taught, we learn that this is our expectation as believers, to love. In fact, Jesus identified it as the greatest commandment ever given, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and then to love your neighbor as yourself. This is where the bar has been set. In fact, just a few hours before his death, Jesus said, this is the new commandment that I give to you, not to just love one another, but to love one another as I have loved you. How do we do that? That's the million-dollar question this morning. How do we really effectively love one another? I mean, we know we're supposed to. We know this is the commandment of God, to love him with every ounce of strength that we have and to express that same kind of love to each other. But how do we really do it? I mean, I can say I love you, and I can mean it very sincerely, but what's next? What comes after me saying I love you? Well, what's next is action. And action always includes activity. Say that. Action includes activity. And you all know the old saying, actions speak louder than words. And so for the purpose of this message today, as we bring Family Matters 2018 to a close, I'm going to give you five practical courses of action. Five action steps you can take to follow up and really do the things that God has required us to do, and that's to love one another. Are you ready for the five? All right, some of you have already guessed them. I know, you're sharp. Number one or A... Words of affirmation, B, quality time, C, receiving gifts, D, acts of service, and E, physical touch. Don't look now, but these are Gary Chapman's five love languages. And listen to me, they're all different. Did you hear me? All five are different. And like any other language barrier, if there's gonna be effective communication, then you have to learn a language that's different than your own. And so that's what we're gonna to do today for a few minutes. We're gonna take a look at all of the five love languages. And the very first thing that I want you to do, if you haven't already done this and if you don't know it, is to identify your own language. The language that, uh, that motivates you. The language that you speak so fluently. And again, we probably have a little measure of all of these in us, but there's one or two of these five different actions that motivates us, that rewards us, and fulfills us. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a little test together, and we're going to try to find out our number one love language, the one that is our uh, top uh, priority, Okay, so take out your bulletin and everybody should have a bulletin because on the bulletin, on the back of the bulletin is an answer sheet for this test. If you did not get a bulletin or a pen, please raise your hand. We have connection team members who are in here and they'll be happy to give you uh, what you need, all of the materials you need. So please uh, hold up your hand and keep it up for just a second and then we're going to move on. All right, here's what I'm going to do. Don't look at the is passing out bulletins, pay attention to me, uh, because you're gonna get lost, all right? So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna ask you 30 questions, okay? And you're going to respond to these 30 questions that contain two statements, all right? Each question uh, is gonna contain two statements. How many questions? How many questions? 30 questions. How many statements per question? two. Okay, so you're going to tell me or you're going to write down which one of the two statements is more meaningful to you. Okay, which one of them really hits the center of the bullseye in your heart? And you're going to say, well, you know, both of them do well. One of them has to win. Okay, so that's the one that you're going to write down on your answer sheet. All right, now we're going to have to move through this real quickly because there's a lot more we have to do than to answer these 30 questions. And if we take 30 seconds per question, that's already 15 minutes. Okay, so we have to get through this. I'm going to maybe slow down a little bit with the first couple and then we're going to motor through the rest. Are you up for the challenge? All right, here we go. Question number one, is it more meaningful to you when someone sends you a loving note, text, or email for no special reason, or you get a hug from someone you care about. Number one, is it more meaningful to you for A, someone to send you a loving note, or E, you get a hug from someone you care about. So write that down under one, A or E. It's the only two choices you get. Mike, here we go. Number two, it's more meaningful for you when you spend one-on-one time with a good friend Or someone does something practical to help you out. B, spending time. D, someone does something practical. All right, number three, it's more meaningful to me when I receive a little gift as a token of mutual care and concern. Or B, I can spend uninterrupted leisure time with a good friend. All right, I see that some are still just getting their materials. Are we behind a little bit? Do I need to go back, anyone? Okay, here we go. We're going to go back real quick. Number one, it's more meaningful when someone sends me a loving note or I get a hug from someone. Number two, it's more meaningful to me when I spend one-on-one time with a good friend or someone does something practical to help me out. Number three, I like it better When I receive a little gift as a token of mutual care and concern, or I can spend uninterrupted leisure time with a good friend. Here we go, number four. D is going to have to ask someone next to you. D, someone does something unexpected to help me with a project. Or E, I receive an innocent, warm embrace by a caring friend. Which one is more meaningful to you? Someone does something unexpected to help you out? or you receive an innocent embrace by a caring friend. Number five, E, a good friend puts their arm around me in public, or C, someone surprises me with a little gift. Six, B, we spend time together, even if we're not doing anything important, or E, Having fun holding hands or high-fiving a special friend. Got that one? All right, number seven. It's more meaningful to see receive a special gift from someone who I really care about, or A, I hear a mutual friend tell me they love me. C or A. Eight, E, I can sit next to a good friend during an event, or A, I am complimented by someone for no apparent reason. Eight is E or A. Number nine, B, I get to hang out for a while with someone I care about, or C, I get a small unexpected gift from someone else. B, hang out. C, get a gift. Number 10. A, I hear someone say to me, I'm proud of you. Or D, a friend helps me with a task. A or D for number 10. Number 11, it's more meaningful to me when I B, get to do a special activity with someone I care about. Or A, I hear supportive words from a close friend. Twelve, somebody, somebody actually helps me instead of just offering their assistance, that's D. Or E, I feel connected to someone through an innocent hug. Thirteen, I hear words of praise from a special someone, that's A. A. Or C, someone buys me a gift to let me know they're thinking about me. So words of prayer, uh, pardon me, words of praise or a gift. That was 13. Number 14, it's more meaningful to me when I set time aside to be around someone I enjoy hanging out with, that's B, or E, I get a back rub after a stressful day. Just go ahead and put the E there. (laughs) Number 15, we're halfway there. uh, A, a caring friend acknowledges something I've accomplished. Or D, someone helps me even when they don't actually enjoy doing it. A or D for number 15. 16, it's more meaningful to me when E... I'm in close physical proximity of a good friend or B, someone else shows interest in the things I care about. 17. You get D or C as your choice. D, someone works on special projects with me to satisfy a deadline or C, someone gives me an exciting gift for no reason. 18, I'm complimented on my appearance by a close friend, that's A, or B, a friend takes time to listen to me and understand my feelings, A or B for 18. Number 19, E is I get a chance to hug a friend in public. Or D, a friend offers to run an errand for me when I'm having a busy day. E or D. Number 20, it's more meaningful to me when someone helps me out with a problem I'm having. That's D or C, I get a thoughtful, inexpensive gift. 20 is D or C. Okay, 21. B, the person I'm with doesn't check their phone when I'm talking. Or D, someone goes out of the way to relieve a burden I'm carrying. This is a good one here. It's tough to make that decision. Okay, 22. C, I look forward to a holiday because I know I'll be getting a gift. Or A, I hear the words, I appreciate you from someone I care about. C or A for 22. 23, it's more meaningful to me when C, someone I haven't seen in a while buys me something nice, or D, someone relieves my stress by handling a responsibility. 24B, the person I'm with doesn't interrupt me when I'm talking, or C, the person I give a gift to always buys me a gift in return. It's B and C for 24. All right, 25. D is someone helps me out at the end of the day because I'm tired. Or B, I get to experience a special activity with someone else. Are you seeing the pattern here of the questions? Okay, 26, 25 was, B, was D or B. 26, it's more meaningful to me when E, someone touches my arm or shoulder to show they're concerned Or C, I get a thoughtful call from a friend during a hectic day. That's 26, E or C. Four more. 27, A, a friend says something encouraging to me or B, I have a shared hobby with a friend and we enjoy it together. A or B. Twenty-eight, someone surprises me with a small token of their appreciation. That's C. Or E, I get to hold or shake hands with a close friend. C or E for 28. All right, 29, it's more meaningful to me when a friend helps me out even when they're already busy. That's D. Or A, I hear a friend say they appreciate me. Twenty-nine, D or A? Last one, 30. E, I get a warm embrace from someone I haven't seen in a while, and A, someone tells me my actions meant a lot to them. Okay, real quickly, anybody need a repeat of any number? I'll give you just a few seconds. Which one? Five? Okay, number five. It's more meaningful to me when E, a good friend puts their arm around me in public, or C, someone surprises me with a little gift. E or C. 7 C I receive a special gift from someone I care about or A I hear a mutual friend tell me they love me C or A for number 7 28 coming up C someone surprises me with a small token of their appreciation or E I get to hold or shake hands with a close friend C or E for 28 any others 29, D, a friend helps me out even when they're busy, or A, I hear a friend say they appreciate me. That would be D or A for 29. Last one, 30, 11, 11. all right, we got 11. B, I get to do a special activity with someone I care about, or A, I hear supportive words from a close friend. Okay, Uh, you know probably some of you have already done this. So what I want you to do is go through your answer sheet and add up all the A's and put those under A, words of affirmation. And then continue to do that with all five of the love languages. So add up all the B's, put that number there. Add up all the C's. Put that right in front of receiving gifts. And do the same with D and E. Give you a couple seconds to do that. Some of you are just sitting there, so I know you already did that. Some of the guys didn't get involved at all, and that's fine. Wives, I give you permission uh, when they violate. Uh, one of these love languages to go ahead and chew them out. (laughs) And vice versa if the gals didn't do it. Okay, you got these calculated? You need a few more seconds? Okay, whichever letter you have the highest number, that's your primary love language. So whichever one there has the highest amount, uh, the numbers, that's your top love language... And if you have uh, the two that are the same, then those are your top two. If you have sixes across the board, then I'm just going to call you perfect. <laughs> you have love language perfection, all right? But you should have had one or two that are uh, more dominant than the others. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so that's your top love language. And now that you know what your love language is, now that you've identified it, Let's go ahead and take a look at all five, and we're going to do this very quickly. I'm just going to run through the five different love languages. And again, keep in mind, we're talking love language. Different ways to say I love you. And not just romantic love. This is not just for husbands and wives. They're included, of course. But this is genuine, authentic, and appropriate ways... For family members and friends and brothers and sisters in Christ to say, I love you, and to mean it, and then to do something about it, to actually take the next step. All right, number one or A, words of affirmation, okay? Why don't we put the cards away now, and why don't we, uh, give, me, give me your attention again. Okay, we're, we're back to this point. All right, we, we got that, that's done. Okay, so we're going to start here with A, words of affirmation. Uh, Do I have you back? Okay, great. I ran the risk of having that happen, and I knew it going in, but I figured I could get you back. All right. So, uh, words of affirmation, Mark Twain once said, I can live for two months on a good compliment. Well, good for Mark Twain. Because I don't know too many people who can survive on six compliments a year maybe they're out there maybe they exist i just don't know many people like that because these these days more than ever before people really need affirmation and verbal validation it's what people need it's what they're looking for they they want a little feedback and according to the experts in order to make affirming headway these days and to effectively build someone up listen you have to compliment way more than you correct. I'll say that again. If you're going to pass along affirmation to someone else and it's going to be received by them, especially those who have this particular love language, then you have to compliment way more than you correct. The current ratio right now, according to the experts, is seven to one, So that means for every negative comment or criticism that you speak or even insinuate, you have to pass along a minimum of seven compliments. Seven compliments for every negative comment. And for those of you who are compliment challenged, (laughs) words of affirmation include kind and polite Loving and tender expressions of gratitude and praise. That's what words of affirmation are. They're kind and loving and tender expressions of gratitude and praise. And in the Bible, this very issue of the words that we speak is a reoccurring theme. In Proverbs alone, it's mentioned over 150 times. And in Proverbs 18.21 Solomon said, life and death is in the power of the tongue. That means with the words we speak, we have the ability to build people up or to tear people down. Sincere and genuine expressions of praise will always build people up. This is the greatest thing that you can do if you want to add value to other people is to build them up and to make them feel better about themselves. And when you learn that someone in your family, your husband or your wife, or anyone else in your circle of influence has this particular love language, let me give you just a couple of suggestions here. First, express appreciation. Sit down and write out a little note. Handwritten. Send a card or a text or an email or better yet, actually say thank you face to face. What's that anymore? I mean, get a hold of the person, get their attention, and let them know how much you appreciate them. You know, uh, Pam and uh, Bill Farrow, yeah, they they were here a couple of weeks ago for this series. They told me as they travel around the world, their number one challenge is to get the younger generation talking to people face to face that is the number one conflict in the world today we just don't do it anymore but with words of affirmation building people up you know you can send a text you can you can send a little email that's great but when you stop what you're doing make sure the person that you want to uh, show appreciation to is actually listening and then say something nice to them so they can hear it. You know, I have a close friend of mine and every time we're together, when we ever spend any time with each other, within an hour after we part company, he always sends me a text message highlighting our time, letting me know how much he appreciates the friendship. Do you know how much that builds me up? It adds wind to my sails, let me tell you. And again, it's the little things. It doesn't have to be a lot. So number one, express appreciation. Number two, express admiration. Tell people who accomplish things out of the ordinary how proud you are of them. Go ahead and say it. Say, say, I'm proud of you. Share in the promotions and the achievements and go out of your way to congratulate people even if you have to fight off the spirit of envy to do it. Like you're wondering, why didn't that happen to me? Go ahead and congratulate them anyway. Because normal people need a little recognition. I'll say that again. Normal people, not people with big eagles. Normal people need a little recognition. And all they're looking for is someone to notice their achievement. All right, that's words of affirmation. Uh, B, quality time. And the operative aspect of quality time is togetherness, not proximity. I'll say that again. It's togetherness. That's the objective here when we're talking about quality time. So if you and your spouse, you know, are relaxing after a long day and you're in the family room or the great room and the wife is reading a book and the husband is watching a sporting event, that is not quality time that's being in close proximity of one another. And that's good, but that's not quality time. If you're out with a friend getting something to eat, you're at the coffee shop getting a coffee, and you're both on your phone, that's not quality time. That's basically being in the same space together. Listen to me very carefully. If you truly desire to speak the love language of quality time, then it requires that you make an eye-to-eye and heart-to-heart connection. That's what quality time is. It's eye-to-eye and heart-to-heart connection. And the only way that you can possibly do that is to shut the TV off and put your phone away. And right about now, I should have got the best applause that I have gotten in a long time. Here's the truth, it really doesn't matter how low maintenance your closest friends are or how understanding your family members might be, no one, and I mean no one, likes to play second fiddle to text messaging or any other mobile device interruption. And it's getting well out of hand. I know that I can't have quality time with the people that I love and the people that mean the most to me if I'm on my phone or if I'm engaged in something else. There has to be heart-to-heart connection. And quality time means that. It means making contact well beyond the norm. With words of affirmation, the focus is on what you say. With quality time, the focus is on listening hearing what the other person has to say, being present and listening with your heart. Okay, Uh, C is receiving gifts, not giving gifts. This is actually receiving gifts. This is your love language to get a bunch of gifts. And for the most part, people with this love language, they're really not interested in outrageous gifts. And of course, there's always the exception to the rule, but that's usually not the case. Most often, you can fill a gift receiver's love tank with inexpensive and thoughtful gifts. That's the key. Thoughtfulness. You see, oftentimes the significance of the gift is, has very little to do with the monetary value, but it has everything to do with the security and the enhancement of a relationship. You see, gifts are visual symbols of love and acceptance. A gift is tangible. It's something you can hold on to. And for some people, gifts make them feel loved. It's like when someone gives them a gift, they know that they're being thought of. And so if there's a special person in your life that has this particular love language, you can get real creative with this one. And it doesn't have to cost you an arm and a leg. You know, getting a balloon with a special message on it or preparing a photo from a memorable event that can oftentimes be more treasured and more valued than an expensive gift. Or how about this? You're out uh, and about one day and you see something that you know a close friend would absolutely love to have, and so for no special reason, it's not their birthday, it's not Christmas or anything else, you just know that they would love to have it so you pick it up for them. You see, original gifts, surprise gifts, gifts that catch the person. Off guard. These are the gifts that create the most excitement and are the most impactful. And so what we're after here with gifts is memorable and meaningful, not unreasonable. Okay? All right, D. Almost there at the end. Two more to go. Acts of service. Say that. Acts of service. Namely, doing something for others. Doing something for others. And doing the kinds of things for family members and friends that they have difficulty or little time to do themselves. This is the doing part. And just like with receiving gifts, this doesn't have to be painful. And it doesn't represent a tremendous investment of time. Again, it's the thought that counts. You see, in Song of Solomon, chapter 2, and verse 15, Solomon said, It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. The little foxes. And the idea here is it's not always the big things that mess us up, oftentimes, it's a combination of insignificant things that cause us the most trouble. And by the same token, it's not always the big things, the huge things that we do, or the huge activities that we involve ourselves in that bring the greatest blessing to people. Sometimes it's the small, the thoughtful, the unselfish things that go a long, long way, especially when they're delivered at just the right moment and just the right time. If you want to impress a person who has this particular love language, acts of service, don't call the person up or ask the person, "What can I do to help you?" Don't ask them, "Is there anything I can do for you?" Just go do it. See the need and get it done. Like if you stop off at a, a friend's house and you know they're going through a tough time and the grass is like 12 inches tall, you don't have to ask them, "Do they need to have the grass cut?" They need it done. So just do it. You will become an instant hero. Because when people have gifts of service as their love language, any little thing you do for them is a huge blessing. Now, a couple of months ago in April, when we should have been uh, having spring uh, here in Michigan and we were still having winter, remember that? When it snowed like for seven or eight days in a row in the middle of April. I left church one Sunday, went out into the parking lot after it snowed all during the service, and I scraped the snow and the ice off my car. And there were a couple of other cars, uh, j- just right by mine. I didn't even know who those cars belonged to. But since I was out there and it was not a big deal, I just scraped and cleaned those cars off as well. Well, one of the cars happened to be a gal that, that you know attends here. And when she found out that I had uh, cleaned off her car, she came to show her appreciation, and she actually broke down and started crying with tears. You know, I'm the kind of guy that can receive emotion and show emotion. But I'm thinking, lady, come on, it was snow. <laughs> a couple inches of snow. But come to find out for her was so much more than that. Because she has a hard time driving in snow and ice. She gets real nervous about that. So it's nerve-wracking to her. She gets afraid. And all during the service, when she knew it was snowing, she dreaded having to get in her car and make that drive home. And when she went outside and saw that her car was clean, it was that little boost that she received. See, sometimes acts of service, they seem so insignificant to us, but to other people who are weighed down with responsibility, it can be a very big deal because not only does it speak volumes to them, it demonstrates outrageous amounts of love. And just before we move on and cover the fifth and final love language, let me just say quickly in passing that one of the top core values here at Community Christian Church, and has always been for the last 26 years, is acts of service. As you well know, we use the word grace as an acronym to communicate what's most important to us. And it stands for G, God deserves to be first. Our relationships matter. You should know this. A, acts of service. C, compassion for others. And E, everything belongs to God. Included in our worship and devotion to God is this concept of having a servant's heart. And Jesus made it very clear during his teaching. He said the greatest among you, the best that you can do, is the one that knows how to serve. And so when you involve yourself in acts of service, you're doing the highest spiritual thing you can possibly do. All right. There's words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and finally, number E or number five, physical touch. Physical touch is one of the five love languages. And because of its precise description, many people automatically assume or conclude that this is all about what takes place in bedrooms behind closed doors. And these days, it doesn't even have to be in bedrooms. The doors can be wide open. It's true that a lack of intimacy can create some unresolved marital issues, but so can the lack of affection. And that's what this... Love language is all about. It's about affection. Much different than sex. Affection is a tender attachment or fondness. Say that. A tender attachment or fondness. And whether you're willing to admit it or not, we all need affection. Every single one of us. Even the most masculine and rugged among us. Because again, this is the way that God created us. We need that connection with each other. And it is a proven scientific fact that babies and children who are on the receiving end of loving affection, like being held and receiving kisses and hugs, they develop significantly healthier emotions than children who don't receive that kind of physical touch. And according to the research, children who do get all of that affection and physical touch, they respond much differently when they're older, when they become adults. Because the people who don't get that affection during their youthful years, they have a hard time with it even years later. And I've seen this happen over and over again. And personally, because I'm such a feely, touchy person, I love to see guys who are extremely uncomfortable with a man hug, I mean, it just makes me laugh. So I put my arm around a guy or I put my, my hand on the shoulder of a guy and he starts to squirm and he gets all tense and I don't let him go. I mean, I just hold on and he, he can't get away from me fast enough. It's the greatest thing. You see, we have some brothers here who don't know how to brother. And and that's what the scripture says in uh, Romans 12:10. That be devoted to one another in brotherly love. That's where this whole concept comes from: brother-to-brother love. And so, you know, again, in, in another translation, the New Living Translation, it talks about affection: love each other with genuine affection. The key is receiving and giving affection, no pretenses. No hidden agendas. And as you well know today, this is the one you have to be extremely careful with. Physical touch has to be appropriate across the board. And you need to use a lot of wisdom and a lot of discernment. But this is a love language that God has given to us to share with each other, not just husbands and wives, but friends and relatives and brothers and sisters in Christ. It has to be, again, 100% appropriate, and we have to be careful, but this is a gift, this is a love language that needs to be developed. Okay, those are the five love languages. Congratulations, you are now multilingual. (laughs) You now should be able to understand yourself better and the people in your life together. Okay, Uh, at this time, we're going to call the families forward who are prepared to dedicate their children. Thank you so much for your patience. You can make your way to the stage and join me at this time. Go ahead and take that first step. And then we're also going to ask not only for the children and for the parents, but also for uh, grandparents. We're going to invite grandparents to come as well, and the elders. Elders, would you please join me, because we're going to lay hands on the children. Let's give everybody a round of applause as they're coming. You know, to me, one of the greatest um, parts of this celebration, uh, a a baby dedication, is to introduce uh, this with a message on love. And so, to me, it's important for parents that they understand each one of these children and babies have a love language. And the earlier they can find out, the better. And so I I trust that this was a very helpful message to you parents and grandparents. All right, and we're gonna go over here and we're going to start with some introductions and ask the dads to do it.
1: Hi, good morning. My name is John Franklin Stallwood. This is my wife, Tabitha. This is my son, John Franklin Jr. and Shanti Lynn, and my parents, David and Linda Stallwood. Hi, my name is Mark Matthews. This is my son, Miles. This is my daughter, Lexi. This is our new addition, Amaya, Matthews, and this is my wife, Alexandra Matthews. Thank you. Hi, my name is Jason Westlowski and my wife, Clarissa. And this is our new son, Grant. We're joined by my parents up on stage, and uh, Clarissa's parents, and all of our family in uh, the seats. Uh, good morning. My name is Brian Swain. This is my wife, Amy. Uh, these are my daughters, Charlie, Danny, Ellie, Finley, Jerry Lynn, and today we're dedicating Holden.
0: <laughs> Um, Hello, my name is Matthew Mosheri. Um, This is my son Salvatore, my wife Rosemary, my mother-in-law Maria, and my uh, my mother Patty and my father Sam. Thank you. you Hello, I'm Jason. This is Kimberly, and this is our daughter Vanessa, and with my mother Tina and my father David. Good morning. This is, my name is Josh Eberhardt. This is my wife, Mallory Eberhardt, my son, Jackson, my daughter, Sophia, my mother-in-law, Anne. Thank you. Okay, you know, as parents, you're instructed um, from a legal point of view to uh, protect and provide for your children. You know that well, right? In addition to those responsibilities, you also have a a biblical responsibility to pray and to lead your children uh, into the ways of the Lord. And so that's really what we're doing here uh, this morning. We're not just going through the motions of a church tradition. We are actually uh, invoking and inviting God to help us raise our children the right way. So I appreciate... All the families represented here, I I appreciate you declaring that that's what you wanna do. You wanna raise your children to know the Lord. And so we're gonna pray for you at this time. Why don't we all just stand, change your positions a little bit. Uh, Pastor Teresa is going to lead us in a prayer uh, for these families and children.
1: Lord, first we pray for these parents. We thank you for these precious parents, Lord. We ask that they would love one another deeply. We pray for these grandparents as well. Lord, we pray that these parents would have wisdom, that they would have knowledge, that they would grow in their faith, that they would grow in their love for each other and for their children. We pray that they would take this commitment very seriously We just thank you for these wonderful parents and for these families. We pray a hedge of protection around every family, every child. We dedicate these little ones to you this morning. Lord, we don't just say words, but Lord, we say these things from the heart. Lord, we dedicate them, Lord, completely and sincerely to you. We ask that these little ones would grow up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, that these children, Lord, would be protected that they would be surrounded with your love, they would be surrounded with your peace, they would be surrounded by angels, that these children at a very young and a very early age would give their life to Christ and become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Lord, we just thank you that you have your hand on these little ones. You said, allow these little ones to come to me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Lord, the kingdom of heaven is made up of little ones, and they delight you this morning, and they delight us. So we dedicate them to you. We thank you that they will fulfill their destiny, their ministry, their calling in this life. Lord, we just thank you for your faithfulness to these families this morning. Lord, you who have begun a good work in each and every one of these families, and each and every one of these children, Lord, you will carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So we commit them into your hands, we commit them into your safe keeping, we thank you for your favor, your love, your goodness, and your blessings over each and every one of them this morning in Jesus' powerful, mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: All right. Thank you so much for being here today and for being a part of this children's dedication, including uh, your prayers with these families. Uh, God bless you as you go. Have a great day. thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.